Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and get your beer sucked. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And um, we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading the second novel in the You series, Hidden Bodies by Carolyn Kepnes, and uh, I'm starting with this beer. Uh, So we read the first book. You maybe you read it as well, and uh, that episode just came out the other day. What is time? Time's a flat circle. I think that's the first time I've said that on the podcast. Now, <laughs> the main character Joe Goldberg is a stalker, and he spends a lot of his time uh, snooping around people, just requesting data. And that's the name of this beer. It's an IPA from Finback. That is, I think I had some other time on the podcast. It's seven and a half percent alcohol, and it's an IPA dry hop with Idaho Seven Cryo Falconers. And Azaka at seven and a half percent, they consider this still a single IPA. Eight percent is their cutoff, but many other brewers would call this a double. And it's delicious. It's sort of like melon flavors. Also, mm, some faintly earthy hop smell flavor I get in there. I don't know. It's really delicious. Earthy, um, but earthy, not to be confused with girthy flavors, which is a part of the book too. Later on. Oh yeah. So. The book picks up right where the last one left off. So if you recall, at the end of the first book, and all sort of at the end of the show, there are some significant differences in this this uh, this time around. He gets sort of the old, the previous woman he was obsessed with by murdering her and framing someone for it. And then a new woman comes in in the book, and he's like, oh, who, hello, you'll do. And he fixates on her. And so this starts with that relationship that he's dating uh What's her name? Amy. Amy? Amy. Amy Adam. Not to be confused with Amy Adams, although she's also in this book. <laughs> Very briefly. Yeah, singular Amy. One Amy Adam. They spend the first and about two, 10% two of the book. Amy Adam is, is Amy, <laughs> Amy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Adams of Amy's. Um, so they spend the first 10% of the book just fucking everywhere i don't think we said this in the last episode this felt a lot like american psycho just the the gratuitous descriptions of just and then we go into a room and in a bed and she puts blueberries on her tits and i lick them and then i fuck her and she comes so hard and then i fuck her here and then we go watch an episode of three's company (laughs) and then we go over here and i fuck her again like it's that kind of details that are happening um non-stop uh, that's how it, be- it begins. And he's wildly in love with Amy because she sucks his dick. That's like really the theme of the book. Wait, did you say wildly? <laughs> yes. Wait, she wildly sucks his dick? I have a beer for that. <laughs> that's when you use teeth, Nate. <laughs> I call the wild. White Fang. <laughs> oh, God. This is Wild Little Thing by Sierra Nevada, which applies to... Basically every female in this book, they are all horny. Yeah, that's true. This is a slightly sour ale with guava, hibiscus, and strawberry. Does it say slightly sour? It literally says slightly. It's gonna. You probably can read that, but uh, I believe you. I trust you. We can read sour (laughs) ale. Yeah. Okay. Do they have an audiobook of that label? (laughs) <laughs> Might need it. <laughs> Nate has all the guys at the beer store read them to him. <laughs> Can you read it at one and a half speed? <laughs> anyway, it's, um, I would say, slightly sour is accurate. Definitely getting strawberry. 
but not a really like bitter strawberry, a really sour strawberry, which is weird because usually when strawberry enters a beer, it actually makes it really sour. But I would call this that. I don't know. I'm not getting ton of guava, but you know what? Actually, I do like this. Could be even more fruity. That would be fine. It's a good hot day beer. Yes, it is quite warm. Speaking of warm, the other thing that he's very preoccupied with, besides getting his dick sucked in this beginning <laughs> book, is a mug of piss. And, and, and the middle and end of the book, <laughs> yes, he's also he's constantly get his talking dick about a mug of piss, which, honestly, I'm thankful they brought that back, because that was my favorite part of the first book. It's like, wow. And he pissed in a... And he pissed in that closet. There was a central plot point that there's a mug of piss somewhere. <laughs> and it haunted him, but it's ridiculous because and he because he's he's concerned that it's gonna it's gonna all he's gonna get caught because of the mug of piss. Can you get DNA but from piss, piss? Piss has only the only DNA that would be in your piss is if you were bleeding when you pissed. Well he had just like, been in a re- car accident. He might have been bleeding into that piss. There's there's like trace amounts of DNA in your piss. And it's been sitting uncovered in a cup in a closet for at this point months so it is long since evaporated so if now probably at this has point, his fingerprints fi- on it though but they're gonna find a cup in a closet and they're gonna put that together as opposed to just thinking the spoiled rich cunt who used to live there was a careless the closet pisser or it's just a dirty cup at this point and like you know there's at the first sub like like what Sherlock Holmes type mind is he like? Ah, this old well, mug. The main character is clearly <laughs> very obsessive, so you know he obsesses about details that maybe aren't that important. I guess so. I was gonna say that this beer is definitely better than a mug of piss. <laughs> I don't know about yours, Nate. Uh, yes, yes, definitely better than a mug of piss. All right. I would hope. So I would hope. Two I for can two. Imagine. All right. I got some more later. I don't know. <laughs> so then Amy, the love of his life, because she sucks his dick a lot, and he uh, he eats a mean cat, and he's keeping her happy. She turns out to Or so steal he believes. From, yeah. She steals from him. She she tricks him by stealing a like whole bunch of copies of Portnoy's Complaint. And, well, it turns out uh, she was a con artist the whole time. Because yeah. she is like basically says, I really want you to make me a set of keys. Can I make, get a set of keys too? Because she works, she works there. And yeah. she's like, why don't you trust me? I sucked your dick. And he's like, that's true. You did. You've it, unlocked it these keys. <laughs> yeah. Including the first time. is like the first time. She's like, oh, can you buy that really expensive book for the store? <laughs> yeah, I forgot what it was. I don't know if it really was mattered. a Portnoy's complaint. No, they bought. Oh, they had a ton, like, they had like hundreds of copies of Portnoy's complaint. Yeah, but, that she wanted him to buy, I think. But because well, it became like a thing for them, like they were going to have all of the first editions of Portnoy's, all like all of the paperback with the yellow cover of what Portnoy's the fuck complaint. Is Portnoy's complaint. It's by um, Philip Roth. It's like a horn dog book. I read it a few years ago. It's it's famous. It's it's a book where it kind of like jerks off looking at a bra because it's like a coming of age coming spelt the way you think. Yeah. Um, novel i think he like also fucks a piece of liver at one oh, point god it's kind of like american pie but before <laughs> i mean the book is not just about jerking National off but i read it about six years ago complaint <laughs> poons <laughs> um i read it before we did we started the podcast so that's a million books ago now mm. uh so it's pretty hazy for me but I, those are the things that i remember from it, it was like horny dirty book and it's also very good, apparently, because it's in the thousand and one books you should read kind of list. And well, I'm Philip quite Roth. skeptical about that list. Yeah, totally. But it's a. I mean, if you're looking for something to read, it's not a bad place to at least start with something to as a you know to pick from. 
So Amy clearly is a con artist and was tricking him the whole time, first into buying a bunch of expensive books and then get making him. And then she's like, oh, let's go. And then when they like go away for the weekend to uh, Rhode Island, they like spend all weekend just banging. And then... It must have been chafed. <laughs> like, and she didn't shave her legs. Uh, he said that she's like a weird hippie. She's off the grid. She doesn't use uh, the internet or have a phone. She just has burner phones, which... It's a red flag. Not necessarily a red flag, but in hindsight, yes. Well, when someone with only with burner phones is like, can you make me a set of your keys? You, yeah. should, be su- you should be suspicious of that. Keys to the valuables. Anyway, so she um, says when they get home on Sunday from their weekend uh, uh, weekend out, where they, like, where they she also cons a bunch of people into buying them expen- like expensive dinner, she, yeah. she, or they yeah, they just it, leave when the when the check arrives. It's like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, and then they just dip. Uh, but they create fake names, and it's like it's a fun adventure. But it should have been in high, again in hindsight, like she was a fucking. And it was bitch. it was pretty obvious. But obviously, this is the beginning of the book. So, you know, you know that he's going to get tricked. But anyway, so she says, oh, I just want to sleep in my own bed tonight. And then when he goes into the shop on Monday, the front door is open and the, you know, the cage downstairs with all the expensive books is open and the books are all gone. And there's a note in a copy of one of her books, this book she read on the beach. And it's like, oh, Joe, you're such an idiot. I forget exactly what it says, but it says some stuff. And he's like, that... And he immediately decides, I'm going to fucking kill her. But she's left town. She's entirely skipped town. But he is able to figure out pretty fast that she went to Hollywood because she, the book, her recent searches were things like, you know, acting schools, you know, and, um, you know, headshots and, you know, places to live in L.A. and stuff like that. So how to make it in Hollywood. How does one become a groundling? (laughs) (laughs) Are you in the Upright Citizens Brigade? Yeah. So he decides immediately, like, well, looks like I'm going to have to go to L.A. to uh, find her and murder her. And so he does. And uh, I actually thought this was a good move to make you number two, not exactly like you number one, to make it a different different setting because a lot of you number one is actually really like about class is about you know about how just awful rich people are and in order to not make it in order to make it not exactly the same but sort of like make it criticizing not new york's east coast super super rich yeah it's 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 like rap in the 90s (laughs) (laughs) you know those bougie Tupac-esque rich people. But yeah. And it also puts it in like just a new setting because it really is very much the same book it, other than... So there actually... You know, the name... There actually is a lot less stalking or more like he's not so incredibly obsessed with just one stalking in just one person the whole time. Yeah, he's able to get distracted for long stretches of time from Amy. Mostly those t- periods of time when he's getting his dick sucked. Uh, he could forget about his vendetta. <laughs> Seriously, like, there will be chapters where that never comes up, and then like he's not getting his, he's not getting blown anymore, and he's like, "God, I have to kill her still." Well, he's looking for her for like a month before anything happens, but he's not looking very hard because he's just kind of like looking around the neighborhood he's in. And L.A. is huge. And he's like, "Well, yeah, I went to this one apartment complex and I checked all the bars in this area, and 
in the month that he's, you know, getting there, she has already shoplifted or run out on checks like everywhere in that neighborhood. And everyone knows was like, yeah, that, that chick that steals stuff. It's like, ah, well, I better stay here and keep looking for her, even though she's already stolen from everywhere there. That's chapter one in how to make it in Hollywood is <laughs> steal from every establishment where it's like free headshots. So he doesn't. So he ends up living in like this crappy, you the know, karate sad kid place. Is that what he said? It reminds. <laughs> he said it looks like the apartment in the Karate Kid. So I was like, I know exactly what that looks like. I could. I could see it, and uh, and it's filled with people who are you know very California stereotypes, like the fucking people who smoke too much weed and are just like, I don't know, man. I just. I just want to have my kale smoothie. And then there's the people who just haven't realized they're not going to make it. And they're old. And in their, you know, they're in their 50s. And they're trying really hard. And it's really sad. Um, thinking that you know they're just one move away from becoming a star. And then there's the younger girl who thinks she's going to become a star too. Um, and then when he moves good, into, when he finds a place and moves in, he, he, you know, he moves. He has it already set up on the day he arrives. You know, the one of the guys there says immediately, don't fuck Delilah. So, of course, he does. Almost instantly. Like, before the guy finished saying in the sentence, I think his dick is out of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, don't fuck her twice. <laughs> and, he does that, um, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and she is a, a classic oversharer. Uh, like, the moment he meets her, like she, because I forget exactly what happened in the apartment that he gets, but it's like fully furnished because the previous person died. The previous, previous girl was a was a cokehead, and her parents came to take her away, and they left all their shit. Yeah, and so uh, so Delilah came to get her blender back, and he's like, "What's up with that? You got a blender? How about you touch my penis instead?" She's like, "Ha ha!" But then they they kind of do pretty soon after that. But like as soon as she walks in, she's like first thing there. Oh, he's like, Delilah, is that really your name? And then she's like, nope, my real name is this. It's Melanie Crane. Melanie Crane is the girl who fucked up her master's in journalism by falling in love with a married guy at the New York Times. That feels like a century ago. That's what I love about LA. It's all new. I'm an undercover reporter and a ghostwriter now. It's possibly it's possible here to literally leave your past behind. Why would you leave your past behind and then tell a stranger about it instantly? <laughs> like, First sentence out of your mouth to <laughs> the new person. My After secret past. <laughs> After, do you have my blender? Is <laughs> is all that? Speaking of the pulse function, let me give you what I've been up to here. What? I don't even know what you're talking about. Yep. Well, and also, uh, what side of your pants do you dress on? Like she just is really into sharing, and uh, and then the next thing is you should give me your number. I get so many invites to parties. Uh, you could be my plus one sometimes. Like, this is a guy she has never met before. She's already fucked everyone else in the apartment complex. Yeah. It's fresh meat. But she, and and he's like, do do fuck Delilah, right? That was what I was told? Yeah. That was, those was, are the rules? It was a shot there. I don't know. The contractions are confusing sometimes. <laughs> so then he quickly, he spends, a, he spends like a month or two trying to track down Amy and doesn't really have any luck. He gets a job at a bookstore with the stoner guy who drinks kale smoothies, Calvin. He's working on his uh, script for Ghost Food Truck, which is either about <laughs> serving ghosts or being a ghost. Well, it, or it changes ghost. every time. Yeah. It keeps changing every day. Maybe it's for HBO. Maybe it's for IFC. Maybe it's for blah, blah, blah. And then the like whole Maybe it's a Food changes. Network show. But definitely like not just... regular network. That's too pedestrian. 
but that's that's another thing. Maybe that's true about a certain class or certain you know group of people in, in LA that everyone think everyone's like working on their script or working on oh, their it's pilot. Absolutely, or, absolutely. So everybody he meets is tangentially related to the entertainment. Like everyone wants to get in. That's the only reason to live in LA because there is no good thing about LA. I, I've been there. I, I spent a, a day there, and it was. It just felt like. Um, New York City with worse traffic and it was nicer weather. That's what it felt like. Like like Manhattan, New York City. But I didn't explore much because I was like, Ugh, I was there for gross. maybe two weeks total, not at once. But it, it's just, you know. How many scripts did you write? <laughs> Only like three, but nothing got picked up, so I left. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, his his strategy to find Amy is... You know, she's probably going to want to sell those copies of Portnoy's complaint. <laughs> yeah, like it just like and tells his manager, tells Calvin, you know, oh, if a hot blonde girl comes in trying to sell a copy of Portnoy's complaint, don't like tell me stall so yeah. I can fucking kill her. And eventually, one does, but it wasn't actually Portnoy's complaint. <laughs> it was a script called Portnoy's complaint. That was the first time that happened. It's like, oh fucking goddamn it! And then. I don't think they made a movie of that, <laughs> which I think is even funnier. Like, I, well, maybe they did. Oh no, they did make one. Wow, in 1972, they made a, a, a movie about one. a guy jerking off on some liver. Listen, I've not read it in a long time, but it's a lot. Yeah, I'm looking I at Portnoy's like complaint. Misrem- that's an odd thing to misremember. I mean, that could have just been something I was <laughs> doing while I read the book. Um, <laughs> ah, that's bad. Well, here for the you pages. go. Portnoy's Complaint, 1969. Nice. Okay. Novel by Philip Roth. Spark, it sparked a storm of controversy over its explicit and candid treatment of sexuality, including detailed depictions of masturbation using various props, including a piece of liver. Man, the beer has not ruined my memory <laughs> all that yet, all the way yet. Is it liver from a store, like a grocery store, or like a human liver? It's, it's, it's from like what his parents were going to cook for dinner. Oh, okay. Liver. Just hold the fava beans. Um, <laughs> So, you know, his plan to find Amy is crap. It's, it's really... Pretty low effort. It's clear like, his stalking is limited to just people with unsecure uh, Facebook profiles. Like, Which, to be fair, who, is almost everyone. That's true. Uh, he's like, that and Google image search. <laughs> that's all he could do. Well, in this, he and has to, to join, steal their phone. He has to join Facebook and Instagram and Twitter so that he can meet people in LA so he doesn't look like a psycho who doesn't know anybody. And in and in the process he discovered he finds Amy. She's somehow dating this I um, think so. This comedian. Yeah. This comedian who hosts a show that's like a He's basically Joe Rogan and Dane Cook combined. I think I, I think it's more I see I could see that. Yeah. I think it's more like a what's his name it's, it seems like he, he, Henderson. Henderson. Whatever. Henderson. He hosts he hosts like a talk show. And it's it's called like narcissism. Fuck you, fuck or something narcissism. like that. F- fuck narcissism. Like spelled in uh, ampersands and yeah, and hashtags. explicit text. And it sounded it sounded like a kind of show, like a fucking dumb, you know, late night TV show mm. where a guy just like talks about shit and and celebrity culture kind of garbage. And I got more of like a, a Tosh point <laughs> kind of vibe from it, but. I could see that. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he immediately, he, he finds like, oh, that guy's having a party tonight. What a, how convenient. Luckily, I know a girl who gets invited to every party. And then he goes there, but doesn't go with her. He goes with a whole bunch of dumb bros. Calvin and his bro 
people who are ridiculing him for bringing his murder bag with him. Yeah, he's really unsubtle. <laughs> yeah, it's a really bad he, plan. He goes to um, Home Depot and buys like the serial killer special. It's like, let me get a, a spade, rope, a balaclava, uh, lime, and, <laughs> hang, and, and more rope. <laughs> and then the woman's like, I also really like Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> there is that famous uh, picture, or maybe it's fake, or meme from the internet where someone is trying to buy a baseball bat on Amazon, and then it says, people who purchased this also bought black mask, black gloves, black pants, <laughs> black everything. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on. Depends Might be fake, into. but... So then, yeah, he's... He, it's a really, really shitty plan. He's like, I'm going to murder at this party uh, because he, he heard him do a stand-up set uh, about how he's banging this girl, Amy, who liked uh, blueberries on his dick or something. He's like, there could only be one person who likes blueberries on their dick. And he goes, there and he's like, I'm going to kill her at the party where everyone is with my murder bag I'm bringing. It's like, eh, it's not as well thought out as your other plans, which were not that well thought out, but better than this. Well, California is a place you go with a lot of confidence. That's true. Oh, you, you need to have you it. You really just got to fake it till you make it. So he goes to the party, and in, and Amy is not there. And then after the comedian does his like set, and everyone is like, "Oh, you're so amazing," and leaves, he stays behind and basically, well, this is where he stalks him and like waits till he's like going to go to bed, and then he like puts Percocet in his water, and then ends up like. Tying him, yeah, up. T- tying him up and like talking to him. He's like, where's Amy? And he's like, and it turns out his whole bit was a lie. Like she's just this chick I saw this one time and didn't, you know, and she wasn't into him and that's why he was into her. She, and, he had no copies of Portner's complaint. <laughs> that must've been it. Or mugs of piss, I guess. Oh, my two favorite so, things. Uh, and then he, you know, after admitting like it was all a lie, uh, Joe, of course, kills him, but makes it look like a suicide. He makes it look like a, a like a sex party thing gone wrong. Drug overdose orgy. Normal L.A. stuff. Yeah, nobody questions. A bowl, of, <laughs> a bowl of M&M's, some old dildos, a handful of pills, you know, Tuesday. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> what a, What a city. <laughs> and then he leaves and he gets arrested for jaywalking <laughs> is that true can you really get no, he got he got a he got a 375 dollar ticket can you really get a ticket for jaywalking in la uh um, you can get one here it just never happens yeah so it, i mean that's what i meant it, like it does happen, it really happen it happened to my wife she in la all, no no here in new york wow she was very surprised and when she went to the police station to pay the ticket they were also very surprised <laughs> they're like really Okay. Did did she actually? That have guy to was pay really it? trying oh, yeah, to make his to quota. George Carlin had a bit about that. Like he moved to, I want to say it was L.A. and he got a ticket for jaywalking his first week there. And he said, "Fuck that shit." And he's like, "I've done it thousands of times since. <laughs> it taught me nothing, <laughs> and I keep doing it. Fuck them. <laughs> That's a bullshit rule." Well, uh, Joe gets busted by the biggest douchebag in the world. Who has the lamest name? I think it's why he's a douche. Robin Fincher. Robin Fincher. Which is definitely... David Fincher's nephew. But Robin? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I know that's a... I know that's a, like a uh, well, unisex is a confusing word, because that means like one sex, but apparently it means male or female name. 
But if you're a dude and you're named Robin and you don't fight crime, and that's your a last tough name life. Isn't Williams? Then yeah, right. Yeah, that's the only one. Well, then you and you're covered in body hair and you've hanged yourself in 2014 or whatever it's it was. Increasingly specific. Uh, no, but like Robin Fincher, what a lame, like what a lame well, name. He is a lame guy because he oh, is, he sucks uh, ass. He, he gives him the ticket and he says, "You're a tool bag." Because this city belongs to the cars, and you can't walk around here with your goddamn head up your ass. And you got to go to the DMV and get a new ID. You ju- you moved here. Like, I just moved here. Like, get a new ID. This is California. I, I, had, I, I was curious about that. I can't imagine that's a real law. Jaywalking? That you need... To, no, no. Jaywalking, sure. Like that's bullshit Oh. That you need to have a state no, ID? this guy's just a bullshit. California supremacist. Actually, I think it probably is because they want you to pay taxes in the state that you actually live. So if you actually move somewhere, they want you to, you know... You can establish residency without necessarily getting a new ID, can yeah, you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, so. he's only I been mean, there a month. I didn't change my ID. I didn't change state IDs till... I like had to renew my license and then I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll renew it here. Yeah. But you didn't jaywalk. <laughs> oh, I've jaywalked so many times. <laughs> Almost every times. time I cross the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but I, I look for cars, not for like crosswalks. <laughs> I, I just, I just, I just don't find that hard to believe because if, you know, not to make, turn this into any sort of political discussion, this is obviously not the right book for that, but if there's this big concern that like voter ID laws are like supremely racist and isolate people who can't have IDs, how could a state possibly enforce something like you also must have an ID? That just seems impossible to me that a state, especially a state as liberal as California is going to be like, everyone needs to have a California state ID. I think I could see it in like Idaho cop. I think it, every, that's, what, that's what I wanted to clarify. I, I, was like, I, that, bet, I mean, I'm sure they want you to, but I, I doubt the consequences for not changing your ID. The month you move is very high. There are none. I can't, I can't imagine that there are any real consequences ever. Like, how can they require you to have an ID? Because that's, you don't, that's don't. the whole argument about voting ID laws. Like, you can't, apparently, you can't, you're not required to have an ID. Like, people go through their entire lives without having identification. Yeah, it's, it's really just this cop is a This guy's just being a total con. Oh, yeah. I just want to clarify he's just, that. He's All just right. like a, like, California oh, yeah. is the best thing to happen to everything in the world, and you need an ID from there because you're here now, you little New York bitch. Bed, I, I like later on when he tries to say bed style, he's like, bed stewy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You from bed same bed Stewie. I just moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing this book definitely does well is it goes from like the where the character goes from like they have, you know, big high accomplishment to like suddenly like, oh shit, everything is going wrong, to then back up to like, oh, things are great again, and then oh no, things are terrible again, and which is, you know, how books are supposed to be written. But just so much stuff happens. It is relentless. It is it's relentless. A roller coaster. Something, it, and it, it gets more intense. You know, uh, which is also the way the books supposed to be, books are supposed to be written. Is that the closer you get to the end, that switch of like things are good, things are bad, things are good, things are bad, things are good, things are bad, gets more closer and closer together. Wait, wait, wait! After they're good, they're sometimes they get good or <laughs> better, but then they go back down to bad. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the, um, uh, the the Mrs. Doubtfire scene where the guys like. You see these, you pack them and you ship them. You box them, you pack them, and you ship them. And he's like, after, uh, I'm just, any questions? Numb nuts. He's like, well, after you pack them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, just, 
<laughs> Always thinking of Robin uh, Williams. Yes. Uh, so speaking of favorite. dead comedians, he <laughs> gets back home after getting a ticket, and he's like, that sucks. And then Don't Fuck Delilah walks in, and she's very sad because the news is already out that Henderson died in a tragic sex orgy. And uh, she's very sad, so they, you know, Michael they, Hutchins. they bang, of course. And he's like, this will be fine, even though her name is... And he calls her Don't Fuck Delilah as her name. And he's like, I can do this. That's a totally different different thing. Nobody called her Don't Get Blown by Delilah. He that wasn't that, the name. He did that too. And then, he specifically <laughs> seeks her out for her DSLs. But then they bang... And in the middle of banging, she says, my mother's coming to town on Sunday. Do you want to meet her? And he's like, I really can't do that. And so she can't, she can't finish. And so eventually won't. he's just like, I could do dinner. And so she ejaculates on him and he ejaculates. And then he goes to the bathroom. He's, and there's this beautiful line. I take a shit. I don't flush. I leave. <laughs> An hour later, she texts me. I the love that my bathroom stuff. still smells like you. Like, That's also not how a person's that. supposed to smell. <laughs> uh, I, She's just in there smelling I, his shit. <laughs> That's a sign and, something's wrong. <laughs> well, I like that he... The, the sentence before that here bathroom is just like his... A windowless vestibule. <laughs> hell within hell. <laughs> so just, it's like, I see your hell and I raise you. One postcoital dump. <laughs> so he's he's a giver. I mean, he was concerned with he's her, you know, climaxing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't take shits. I leave them. <laughs> uh, I think a very and, vaudeville and, line. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, by the way, that line just because I'm looking at my channel, that's we're only a quarter through the book. <laughs> We're going to zip along. So oh the next God. time... Wait, I'm having a beer. Okay, good. Got to zip beer. some beers. Because you also get to our, our Patreon pitch. Yeah. So they're in LA. And you know, one thing LA is noticed, known for, besides, uh, according to this book, fake tits, tans, people in shape, good teeth, or at least very white teeth, is traffic. And this is called Gridlock Hazy IPA. It's also known for smog. Uh, by the Five Burrows Brewing Company which is uh, this is a 6.5% alcohol IPA, and they are in Brooklyn. It's ridiculous. It's only one of the boroughs. It's fucking, that's a, <laughs> that is a stupid name. Why, why are they called False that? advertising. <laughs> Bullshit, how dare you? Uh, and this is a fine IPA, though I was really happy to get it dirt cheap because they sell it at Costco. <laughs> so now you have 43 of them? No, there's a Costco that sells, uh, you could buy four packs, but oh. they're like, at Costco 13 prices. bucks. Yeah, I was like, this is amazing. Solid. You just got to be careful because sometimes they've been sitting on that shelf for like six months unrefrigerated. Okay. Because not everyone who's to Costco is like, let me get a, a nice double IPA. They're usually just, let me get 4,000 paper plates. So, 11 uh, cases of Keystone Light. Well, if you're from Pennsylvania, yeah, it's, that's <laughs> the, the, the nectar of the Pennsylvanians. <laughs> Uh, but we should say that this, this beer is fine. Uh, I would not personally seek it out again, but it's a fine single IPA. And I think it's the first Five Burrows beer I've had, or at least the first one we've I've had, had in a while. Uh, we've had one or two. I don't know how much it makes over to this borough. They're fucking Five Burrow nonsense. We've had four Five Burrows. That's a lot of donkeys. Um, so <laughs> That is a lot of donkeys. <laughs> I, I fear that it, I might be a little unfair to judge this because it does have a bit of an off Cinco taste to burrows. it. <laughs> 
we should say most importantly that this uh, this beer and any future boroughs uh, are brought to us by our friends over at Patreon. So if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club where you can uh, help us out with uh, your hard earned non-tax deductible money and get all sorts of cool stuff like early access to episodes, vote in our monthly book poll, get shouted out there, get tangible goods and even get exclusive content. So if you're interested in that, head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club. And if that's not your thing, no worries. You could also help us out by just leaving a review wherever you're listening and, uh, you know, a good one. And if you don't want to support us and you don't want to leave us a good review, just, just don't. Just, just, just go on with the rest of your life. And that's fine, too. <laughs> no, no, one will be, no one's feelings will be hurt. Except for Joe Goldberg. Joe Goldberg's feelings will murder you. <laughs> so he... Uh, immediately, and this was a pretty re- stupid part of the book, he manages to spot Amy trying to sell a copy of the book, but... Uh, his buddy that doesn't happen off. That oh, okay. way later, but... Uh, out, or does he meet he, he Lowe's first? He goes, to, uh, he goes to an audition because he's trying to find... He's setting up his own auditions online on Craigslist looking for blonde girls, hoping that she'll send in her headshot and he'll find her. But he... Uh, goes to other auditions looking for auditions where they are casting people he thinks that, that she might be one of them. And at this audition, he meets a girl who's a producer. She's sitting and watching the auditions. And uh, it's a girl he's seen before at the local dive bar, And but he was he was with another lady. So he didn't hit on her because he's not a bad guy. He just murders. Um, but So they start chatting, and she, her name is Love because her parents are terrible people. And so they and really get to talking. Tennis. They really love tennis because love and her brother forty because that's a very LA thing. So he meets this girl and they get to talking and they're hitting it off. And then she goes backstage with him with her brother is there and he's like a you know I think he was compared to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman is alive and well, pretending to be forty. But this guy was doing just as much cocaine. He just has none of the talent of Philip Seymour Hoffman because <laughs> he's just a he's a casting guy at this point. He he wants to be a writer, but he, at this point he's casting a thing, and she knows that they're never going to make this movie that they're working on. But it doesn't matter because both of them are so fucking rich that nothing matters. So they own the they own the basically well, what is like parent. a Whole Foods Trader Joe's equivalent all over the state, and their parents have fuck you money. Uh, so they just live a life of luxury and they end up taking a lot of, uh, once she and Joe hook up at this, after this party, they end up doing a lot of staycationing. (laughs) 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 This is staycation. It's a lemonade and iced tea sour from Magnify Brewing in the great state of New Jersey. Oh, I see. It's lemonade and iced tea. I don't know if it's lemonade Plus an iced tea sour, or is this like a lemonade iced tea? Shower? It's like an Arnold Palmer. It's a sour ale brewed with lactose, lemon, and tea. So that's an Ar- Ar- Arnold Palmer, yeah. basically, kind of, yeah. Except in beer form, Arnold Palmer <laughs> trademark. It tastes like that. Yeah, it definitely tastes like tea. tastes like an old man. Tastes like exactly like Arnold's Palmers. <laughs> That's plural for Arnold Palmer's. Oh, we're learning about plurals of celebrities today. Yeah. 
Uh, it yeah, it tastes exactly like tea and lemonade. So you know, but it's got booze in it. It's only six percent. So and it's carbonated. I guess Arnold Palmer's aren't carbonated, right? So uh, that's different. But the taste is basically they nailed it. If you like that, you'll like this. It's good for days when it's hot and we can't turn on the fan when recording. So he meets Love and instantly like starts flirting with her and she's immediately smitten with him because that's sort of a, a He's theme a charmer. here. He's incredibly charming and in a in in a city like LA where and for a well extravagantly rich woman I'm sure she's had a lot of dudes hit on her over the years. And well, she's a, he, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's like seri- a serial like monogamist. She's already been married twice and she's 35. I have a, I have a, I have a beer for that, but I'll, I'll I'll wait a second. But she is <laughs> you know, it just it just seems a little far-fetched cuz he's Well, she's also a little crazy. A little. Um yeah. but <laughs> then uh spoiler. You know, she immediately is like you're fun. Come hang out with us. Let's go back to Let's like come and meet my family at this fancy place, and then I'll fuck you all night. And he's For like, That's, days. That sounds okay. <laughs> I guess I think I could free up my weekend. I could swing it. <laughs> and he's supposed to be meeting Delilah's mom at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Delilah's just really you find out later relentlessly texting him, and her text chain is really funny because it's like, "Hey, where are you? Everything okay? Gibberish." Wait, fuck you. Where the fuck are you? I hope you're dead. You better be dead. A picture of her tits. <laughs> the fuck, man? I still haven't flushed your poop. <laughs> and then so starting to gray. going to this restaurant. Meet you there. And then <laughs> where are you? Weeks. Yeah, I mean, everyone in LA is fucking terrible. And you know what? I believe that. I... I'm, I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly every character in this book is a piece of shit. Just yeah. like the last book. Yeah. But then he and Love are immediately in love. And he, because he's been in love. And. <laughs> t- yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it turns out she's the real villain of the book because she won't suck his dick. That's she refuses. The cr- that's the conflict. <laughs> <laughs> For a quite large section of the book, the whole it really. It, so we we skipped over like when he when he said I'm moving to L.A. Mr. Mooney, the guy who owns the bookstore, his advice was, "Were you chasing a girl? No, just go get your dick sucked." And he's like, "All right, I'll try, sir." And 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 he's like, "I just want to get my dick sucked." And then she's like, "That's I, I don't do that. I don't do any." And and you know, do, she you also know, doesn't do have it done to her. Yeah, she's she's she doesn't get her fair. dick sucked either. <laughs> Technically, technically true. He is. He never <laughs> sucks her dick. Yeah. So she's like, and and, the, and it's weird because I guess I guess like this, just like you know, just like the first book was all about West uh, East Coast or Upper East Coast, Northern Northern East Coast elite cons. This one's all about West Coast elite cons. Her parents, they keep saying, oh, my parents are like the most in love people ever. They've been middle school sweethearts. They love each other so much. But she won't give a blowjob because her dad gets a weekly blowjob from his masseuse. Because his mom won't. Did his he wife still won't do, do it, it? Or did she catch him and that's why she refuses? I, I couldn't. I, don't I mean, know. I, they never say he stopped. Yeah, that's true. But she's just, oh, that's horrible. But she's still believes and everyone still accepts that their parents are the most wildly in love people which 
I'm not saying they can't be, but it just shows, I guess it's the, the criticism I took from that is this is like, you know, the phony California facade of like... Everyone is lo- incredibly superficial. Yeah, but but and, and but it's all it's all a display, and her parents are trying. You know, they have this amazingly successful business and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, he's just a guy who wants his dick sucked. And uh, <laughs> who who among us can judge? <laughs> so uh, he's after he's away all weekend, actually with with love, just in love. <laughs> he's, he's in love all weekend. He finally bothers to turn his phone on, and then he gets the million text messages from Delilah. And then at the end, he gets one one text message from um, Calvin over at the bookshop. Says, "Oh, the girl's here. There's a girl here, the blonde girl here with Portnoy's complaint." And he's like, "Stay right there. Did you know? I'll be delay there in forty-five her. minutes." And yeah. he's like, "Gets a gets a cab. Taking the four hundred five. Goes. He immediately like goes down there to the bookshop." But he's in such a hurry, he forgets to pay the cab. The cabbie honks. And when the cabbie honks, Amy looks outside and sees Joe and then immediately leaves. So he Into a waiting vehicle. Yeah. And then the other guy's like, she was really hot. And, he, and Joe's like, all right, well, did you get her number or anything? He's like, no, I have her address. Like, Can you give me her address, please? Like, I would I I can't. That would feel like a violation of some sort of bullshit code of ethics I invented. It was like the UCB improv group list or some yeah. dumb shit. So Joe drugs him and then gets the address and then goes to the address and it's, it turns out to be fake. And he finds there a woman he like sneaks in. He, <laughs> yeah, he plans on murdering Amy, but he finds this other woman who beats the dick out of him. And ties him up. She teaches self-defense. For women so they don't get raped. Like, that's specifically what she does. And he's like, ah, I'm I'm so sorry. He says, I met a girl online. He talks his way out of it. He's like, she had a fantasy of me, you know, getting in and attacking her. And she's like, oh, let's discuss, you know, the issues of uh, feminism and rape fantasy. He's like, yeah, we can talk about that. And she's like, you're cool. You can go. So physical self-defense, yes, but mental, that she, she needs to figure out who's, who's bad and who's good still. That's a real fantasy some people oh, have. Oh, it is, yes, but she should be able to spot a predator if she's like... <laughs> but she said, you know, she said, most of the women I teach at the self-defense class, this is their fantasy. To each their own. I mean, I'm not judging, but like, I, I am a little. <laughs> that's, that's weird. I just, I mean, that's, that's the thing about... Um, fetishes they're, they're, they're inherently um, irrational or like they don't have to make any sense you know like why you gotta, why you gotta be in defeat you know that's weird man. what's that to do with vaginas weirder it's, is it weirder I don't know <laughs> I don't know so okay a million more things still happen we're oh, at God, 42% yeah. so through the book so many things so if we Try and go through them quickly. So, uh, Joe, can I, can I just drink this last beer? Yes, <laughs> like it, that gridlock one wasn't very good. <laughs> Real fast, Joe says, uh, "Love." He finds that she's thirty-five, which in LA is like a thousand. And, <laughs> and seriously, it's such a vain, sounds you know, superficial town. So he's like, "She's she's five years older than me. She will be the oldest woman I've ever had sex with." And uh, you know, sometimes. <laughs> 
This is it's pretty dumb. Sometimes you refer to an older hot woman as a cougar, but he bangs her and he joins the Panther Club. <laughs> <laughs> this is called Panther Club. Uh, it's from Founders, and it is a porter with vanilla extract and maple syrup aged in bourbon barrels. It's good. It is a very smooth kind of, there's a lot of certainly vanilla flavors. Like Carlos Santana smooth or? It's more like Rob Tom, featuring Rob Thomas smooth. Oh, that's pretty smooth. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, it's no JB smooth, but it's mm. it's pretty smooth. That's that's impeccably smooth. You have to really it, work it, to get that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they, they worked for it, but not that much. That's no, pretty good. I don't get much maple syrup. This was, you know, aged in barrels. It, you know, came out in January. It's been sitting in my fridge for a while. Um, so maybe that flavor went away. It's okay. Um, for the price, it's great because you can buy a four pack of this for like 24 bucks or something like that. How strong is it? 9.2. Okay. But in terms of like if you're into like barrel aged beers that are coming out of a lot of smaller breweries these days, this is not really hmm. quite that level. But this is made and distributed in a huge array of places uh so yeah something it's something to balance it out back to the plot now we now we have no beers i, I think and a million more pages oh god so, so he's fucking love all the time like they they just sort of like months pass and they're like they're like it's great and joe is helping 40 write his stupid screenplays oh i have a, I have a beer for that nate hold on <laughs> <laughs> I can't we're never gonna get through this. <laughs> I, I actually, I did hope Nate was gonna pick up a forty on his way home from work day. <laughs> He's the only one that went into the office. I uh, was not gonna do that. No, <laughs> he drank I, it on the way home. I, I instead picked up a uh, Sierra Nevada's version of a fruity sour. Basically, the same thing. In this tiny little can, like I actually want to go get another one. <laughs> <laughs> the regular size cans are so small now. I know. In fact, I might go get another one. So Joe is helping Forty write his screenplays, and then things are going great. But then, sort of like the summer was great, and then summer turns into fall, and suddenly things his relationship with love are not going all that great. Is not going great anymore. Oh yeah, because she. Okay, finally. A producer who actually has money decides to pick up this stupid script that their friend wrote. Milo. Yeah, Milo. With his blonde Jufro that gets mentioned a lot. <laughs> Quite a few times, yes. <laughs> and is going to star Love, even though she's never been in anything before. Uh, it's going to star her, but the, but the plot is like, you know, three friends are just, you know... It's just the you know, two, two of them are dating. Oh, yeah, it's just the two of them. But then they decide they're, they're, they're oh, yeah, right. They're just, a, a boy and a girl are just friends, but then they, you know, decide that they're they engaged should, to other people separately. But they should actually get together themselves. And, and so at first, Joe is just really jealous, I guess, of her success. Doesn't really like it. And then after a party, decides to leave. And just like screw. Oh no! Was it the memorial? No, it was memorial for the guy he murdered. Yeah, it was the memorial. Was that it? Yeah, memorial for Hendershot Henderson. The memorial for Henderson. 
And he's like, he's like, I'm just really bad and about all this stuff. And because uh, L- Love and Milo are hanging out with all these rich, famous people, and she's ignoring him. And you know, he's a little bit of a Debbie Downer, possibly because the movie is just her and Milo like making out and like fucking each other the whole time. But also, and he's, he's mad just, jealous. He's yeah, but he he's mad jealous, and also he's like, isn't it obvious that this is this guy trying to get with you? Because at this point, we've learned that love lost her virginity to Milo, like on nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like one way never to forget. <laughs> <laughs> so he's really jealous and leaves, and finally ends up like, fuck it, I'm gonna stop staying at the mansion that love lives at or her family lives at and so decides to go back home to his place where because he's just kept i guess and then runs into runs into delilah no no yeah and then goes to the bar that delilah hangs out at it's like the local dive bar local dive bar where she tries to pick up famous people famous men that is and says immediately i haven't seen you in you know months i still have that poop <laughs> I framed it. It's a, Put it's, it in a glass box. All, I've, I've, I've just I've been pooping at work. I, I, but I, 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 I coated in bronze like baby shoes. <laughs> That's love. Uh, and and says you know immediately, can you suck my tick? And she's like, okay. Where? And he's like, by the dumpsters. <laughs> yeah. By the she's dumpsters. Like, the dumpsters of the their parent of love's parents' grocery store. How romantic. And she does. And then... She's used to the smell by now. (laughs) And then brings her, goes to her place, no, his place, brings her to his place where they fuck relentlessly. But then in the morning, when Joe wakes up, Delilah isn't next to him in bed. Instead, she's in the bathroom. But she's snooping through all his stuff. And finds the bag of like murder implements that he's like just stashed there. He's really careless. Yep. And so she knows, she realizes, she makes the connection. Oh, you murdered Henderson. Henderson. So, I mean, I'm confused. That is a bit of a leap to make. Well, yeah. it had, she was in journalism school and then she was also like, I, I found out about you, or she had done a bunch of research. Yeah, there was some other evidence, but it was thin at best. It, it was kind of thin, but basically, she. But even though the evidence is thin, she still clearly like has figured it out. So he has to murder her. So he murders her and stuffs her body into a duffel bag, and then takes the duffel bag to Love's house. It's still very early in the morning. It's like five a.m. and then. Go takes the boat out from their dock and then dumps Delilah in the ocean. <laughs> it's the second time his dump and her have <laughs> <laughs> come together. <laughs> and then, and then when he comes, and then he's driving the boat back. Love is there on the beach. It's like, why? Wh- what are you doing? Taking a dump. Is there someone there with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's like, and he's like. No, do you see anyone? And he had thought they were going to break up, but they actually don't break up. They have a little bitch fight where she's like, why were you being such a cunt? It's not like that at all. And he's like, but, but, and she's like, it's fine. Let's go now. We're cool. And he's like, all right, great. I've never, and he does, he says this line a lot in both books 
whenever the other person is saying something or doing something and he's talking about him, he's like, I have never loved her or I've never loved, I don't know if he says you in this book as much, but he I've never say loved you her. you almost at all in this one. Yeah, I've never loved her as much as I do right now when she's chewing me out in the middle of the night on the fucking <laughs> beach. <laughs> While she wears her $800 bathrobe. But they get back together because they're never apart. And then they fly to shoot the movie Boots and Puppies. Yeah. And <laughs> so they're, he's on set for a while and he's super bored watching them shoot this for, you know, weeks. So he decides while he's there, I better get real fit and just do a lot of push-ups and, and go and run a lot. Yeah. It's because so they were making fun jacked. of him. Oh, yeah, because he was just hanging at craft services all the time. He's like, why can't they just call it food? Which I agree with. Why don't you just call it food? That's obnoxious. So he gets into just jogging in the desert and doing chin-ups. And, um, and then Milo, who is the guy who wants to get back with um, Love, and is the writer, director, and co-star of the movie, says, I, had, I just had this great idea for a new scene. <laughs> My best idea yet. <laughs> it's the greatest. This is really going to make the movie. It's this idea. So they're having this argument, and then she decides, I just need to suck his dick right there. But like for real, not like... And, and, yeah, it's not going to be... Yeah, it's not going to be a... It's artistic. A sim- stimulated. It's going to be stimulating, but not simulated <laughs> uh, sex scene. It's, it's going to be just like The Brown Bunny, which is a movie that has a real-on blowjob in it. And... Um, I fucking forget the guy who made that shitty movie. Guy, it's it's Spielberg. No, it's like Vincent. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Spielberg. It's George Lucas. Uh, <laughs> Vincent Gallo. That's his name. Uh, and and uh, it's uh, what the fuck is the broad's name? Who sucks his cock? It was his girlfriend at the time. I don't know oh, who any of these Chloe. Are. I never know how to say her name. It's Chloe. Oh, is it Chloe Savini? See, how do you say that word? Is that how I you say it? I don't know. I always assumed it was Savini. But well, she, I, I, you, you can't really it. say much when you have a mouthful of cock, but she's, she sucks his dick in the movie, and that's a real thing. And everyone was like, that movie was terrible. Um, like, uh, Roger Ebert had, has like a really funny review of this and had like a back and forth with Vincent Gallo about how shitty this movie was. <laughs> and I forget exactly how it's phrased, but one of these like, you know, at the end, like the guy's like, at the end of the day, Roger, you were a fat piece of shit and you suck and whatever. And he's like, at the end of the day, you made the brown bunny. So you, you <laughs> suck more. And when they make, so they're talking, like, hey, people are going to compare it to the brown bunny. No one liked that movie. It is obvious. He just wants his dick sucked. It's also that he's an idiot. Well, yeah. They're, well, they're all, but Milo is more successful than 40, who like, the other people won't even talk to him. Like when they were hanging out with, Paul Simon and whoever <laughs> and they just ignored him. Well, he he had like one other movie that was made because he wrote it, the true story of like when his brother his dad killed his brother or his brother killed his dad or something. And they're like, yeah, he got famous off of uh family murder. And now he does art films where a lady blows him. But Joe does not want that. I liked when Joe pitched his idea for a movie. <laughs> this scene was you know that scene in Love Actually when Liam Neeson and his son, it's like, we need we need Kate and Leo to help us figure oh, this yeah. out. And they watch Titanic. It's like a funny or like, die skit. Exactly. What if instead they watch the scene of Revolutionary where they're just fuck on a table? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
<laughs> so Joe is going to murder Milo. He has literally hatches a plan to murder Milo by taking him to Coachella or indoor Coachella. Yeah. It's clearly pre-pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> indoor Coachella in the desert. But instead, Love sucks his dick and he forgets to murder Milo. And then Love decides <laughs> to not suck the other guy's dick. It's it's really a, it's a bit the of a end. story. <laughs> no, we're now halfway through the book. Really? Yeah, Jesus. Okay. Shortly so, after this, Robin Sphincter, the police officer, shows up again. Oh, and yeah. he's like... And he beats the fuck out of him in front of everybody. Well, he, and he beats him because you know, they're filming and, then, and, um, and uh, Joe tries to sneak outside and he's like, I gotcha. And you piece of shit. And like you could see like in the guy's cop car, he has like his headshots on the table, like just in <laughs> case he could hand them off to somebody at the, at the set. And he's like, I, you, you had something to do with Delilah missing. Her family's looking for her. And he's like, I don't know who I'll help. I barely know her. He's like, but you fucked her. He's like, ah, maybe. Uh, but it Didn't doesn't everyone... mean I know. I know her biblically. That doesn't mean I know her in any other meaningful sense. I don't even know her last name. Yeah. I, I think I, Delilah is her last name because her first name is Don't Fuck. <laughs> don't is his first name yeah so he they have a he beats the shit out of him again there and then they he's like well now i gotta kill that guy and then he concocts this elaborate fucking ruse so the movie wraps and the rap party is held down in cabo in mexico and so joe hatches this whole plot to find out like if there's a convenient murder spot next to where they're going because it's because it still loves family's house i think maybe it's just a place they rent turns out axel rose's unfinished mansion is there he's gonna finish <laughs> it when they finish chinese democracy yeah well that that came out that's <laughs> that out technically now. had come out at this point at this point oh okay. yeah <laughs> yeah that's like that's about almost 10 years ago now that shitty album oh 2008 that came out holy shit 2008 yeah, man. I, I doubt it. <laughs> um, China didn't get democracy. <laughs> well, China didn't get democracy. I guess Wikipedia is fucking either. with me. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so he does. He so he pretend he creates a fake email and pretends to be Megan Fox to ask this <laughs> douchey uh, police officer who does some like uh, personal security guard for Terry Hatcher. Yeah, for Terry Hatcher. <laughs> On the side uh, to get her, to get him to come down. And he like pretends, oh, just show up at this weird mansion construction site, which he does, and then locks him in the unfinished recording studio and then tortures him by going through his Rolodex. By hurting his feelings. Yeah, hurting his feelings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because the guy is so pathetic, he keeps a Rolodex of every time he's pulled over a celebrity and then tried to like be friendly with them told sharon stone someone ran over a dog near her house <laughs> great day <Yeah>. just like <laughs> he pulled over eddie murphy and said there's a banana in your tailpipe <laughs> that was, was pretty funny <laughs> that's pretty great that was a a significant plot device in the beverly hills cop franchise <laughs> and he's like do you think do you think Eddie Murphy liked that when you did that? <laughs> Don't you think he was kind of busy? <laughs> you Probably not. He's not doing much. <laughs> he just is mean to him. He is. He's very. He's so mean to him. 
that the guy smashes his head into the wall until he's dead. In a rage. That's how it works. Yeah. Yep. And then buries his body under a cactus on the construction site. Okay. And then... So many, so many things. more things. And then... <laughs> And then the next big right thing now. is Forty finally gets a movie deal, and then a double deal, mo- double movie deal. Oh, we for didn't two even talk about scripts. their shitty movies. We, the we mess in passing. Oh yeah, but they're the mess and the third twin. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a mystery science theater three thousand title. Exactly. <laughs> but, but the mess is just so perfect because it's just garbage. <laughs> I don't even remember what that one was even about. It it didn't really have a plot. Like it kept it was like some sort of like kidnapping thing, I think, but the villain changed from male to female <laughs> in the in the script because it was so like poorly edited and written. But Joe has been helping him as they meet and work at Taco Bell to write these scripts. Or as Forty calls it, Mexico. Yes. <laughs> and the third <laughs> twin is actually about and and Joe keeps it's the name that Forty came up with, and Joe keeps saying, "Don't you mean triplets? Aren't those triplets?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but still, managed like, no, don't have the plot be that. Have the plot be this that you know. There's the secret third one, and then the third one comes in and murders the second one in the desert, and and Forty's like, "Oh, okay." And so Joe actually did a lot of the writing on these scripts. And then gets big movie deals with somebody famous. Was that a real producer or was that a fake producer? Fake no, I think it was a, it was a fake no person. Idea. So he gets these big movie deals, but then doesn't give Joe any credit whatsoever. Not in the press releases. And then when Joe eventually confronts him, he's like, man, a million people have given me notes. This is the way the system works here in Hollywood. And Joe's like, I'm going to murder this motherfucker. But uh, then... But also, Forty goes on a bender, and everybody thinks he's dead because he just disappears forever. Oh, disappears for you know days and weeks, and everyone is beside themselves, including Love. And then eventually, you know, out of he doesn't uh, Forty does not contact his family at all. But Joe gets a text message: "Meet me at Taco Bell, <laughs> right? Meet me in Mexico." When it's they, like a, they it's have like a the, diner, uh, at a diner, and then they. Joe tries to confront confront him. But I helped you with that. He's like, "No, I'm not gonna, not gonna do it." And then, and then Joe leaves. And then Forty continues his bender and goes to Las Vegas because he tells him he's going to go to Las Vegas. And he goes to Las Vegas, where Joe then says, "I'm going to go try and save him. I'm going to go try and I'm going to go to Las Vegas to try and find him." And they does Joe pretends that he's trying to save Forty, but actually his plan is to murder Forty. And this is where Joe has concocted in his head something like, I'm not only putting him out of his misery, but putting the whole family out of their misery because the whole family is so upset whenever he does this. And he just constantly does this all the time to the whole family that, you know, I'm doing the whole whole family like a favor by doing that, which is, you know, very incredibly twisted logic. So Joe... It's very much like the, the fucking club soda guy in the first book. Yeah. Like the same logic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Saving the world from their suffering. And they're both very pathetic people. Scared you did say that 40 blows man. through $100,000 in a few days on drugs, which is honestly impressive. Well, drugs and gambling in Vegas. Oh, yeah. I guess that does count. And hookers. There had to be some hookers does, in there. Oh, no. He's, he, he goes to the, the... Doesn't he go to visit 40 
in one of the hotels Vegas, yeah. and he's with a bunch of hookers like in the room with him. And then when 40 is incredibly high and just like betting a thousand dollars a hand on stupid things that, and then keeps losing anyway, he, he convinces 40 like, Hey, come with me and we'll do this thing. But actually brings him out to the desert to the hot springs near Reno to the hot springs. And then instead is going to give him more Percocet water and hopefully to have him have it look like he just drug overdosed. He overdosed in the hot springs. And so, and then eventually, but because, uh, because 40 is doing so much cocaine at the same time, the Percocet <laughs> isn't making him go to sleep fast enough so that he can't, uh, you know, so that he doesn't he doesn't pass out in the hot springs and then drown. So Joe tries to like hold him down under the water. So holds him down under the water till he's dead, or so he thinks, and then leaves. And then he gets a Google alert. And then he gets a Google <laughs> alert that the murder investigation into Peach Salinger, this is back from book one, has reopened. When then Joe continues to obsess about the mug of piss that he left. <laughs> In Peach Salinger's house He's while he was stalking, off. <laughs> while he was stalking Peach Salinger, and was hiding in her po- hiding in her closet and really needed to pee, so he peed in a mug. <laughs> and how small is this bladder that it can all fit in a mug? That oh, it overflowed. There's piss oh, okay. everywhere. I made that. He should he should have just pissed on the floor. Like that would have been soaked in and gone. We in also, a day. We also in... had to do twosies, so that mug is very full. <laughs> <laughs> so Another dump he just left <laughs> My my cedar closet still smells of you <laughs> The cedar keeps the moths away though <laughs> Toosies It's a very different gang of street children <laughs> The Toosies The Toosies <laughs> Remember Newsies? That shitty movie? Yes, I remember I've never even watched more I than five minutes I'm of it. I'm pretty time. sure that musical, stars a young Christian Bale. Yeah, it's Christian Bale, lead, yeah. The lead newsie. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Him and his little teeth, as Jimmy has pointed out to me. He's got little teeth. He's got little <laughs> teeth. They're all tucked way back in there. <laughs> Read all about it. <laughs> so while Forty is still missing, or while the family still thinks 40 is missing. Joe is like, I have this time while I'm pretending to look for 40 that I can go to Newport to this Salinger mansion and try and try and figure out a way to get in and get this mug of urine, which he believes is still going to be there. Like that's the part where it lost me. It's like, it's not still going to be there. It's been like a year. It's been a long time at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been like, it's been, been a long time. So he does, and he like tries to like have a plan. First, he tries to be a delivery boy and like, no, that doesn't work. And then to deliver something to the house, that doesn't work. And then he tries to pick up the Salinger's cousin's friend, but that doesn't work either. And like bring you so helps he can get in the house that way. That doesn't work either. And then he's like alone in his shitty hotel room. Like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? This is so awful. And then he, there's a knock on the door of the hotel. And then he opens the door. And it's love. She's there. And she's like, we, you know, you're such an idiot. You don't know how to, like, just use cash and fake names. I found you. What's going on? She thinks, 
she thinks he's cheating on him, but he's like, no, it's not what it looks like. It's actually even worse than that. But eventually she's like, she won't leave. And she's so sad. And Joe's like, I don't want to just murder her here. I mean, I can't just murder love here. And he doesn't want to either, but he can't just murder her because, you know, her family knows where she went. Well, that doesn't make sense. So he instead tells her everything except for murdering 40, but he tells her everything about all the, about murdering Beck and murdering Peach and murdering the other dude. And then Dr. Nikki and, and all stuff like that. And turns out love is completely crazy. She's like, that's cool. Cause she goes, you know, I just love you so much that I guess I'm okay with that. And she got a lot of, uh, she got a lot of love in her. Cause she's preggers. Cause she's pregnant. Yes. And so, so she's like, she's pregnant and like, Oh my God. And then they are like, and then Joe's like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. I'm going to be a father. And she doesn't mind, I guess. And so they fuck a bunch more times and then <laughs> can't get her pregnant again. <laughs> and then in the morning he gets up, goes to the bathroom, but then love locks him in. And so he com- totally flips out. Like, oh my God, that was all fake. She's going to the police right now when he like can't get out of the bathroom. And he like, you know, runs his shoulder into the door a million times and tries to break it down, can't do it. And then she's in there for hours. At least he has somewhere to pee. <laughs> but <laughs> he didn't bring a mug with him. <laughs> doesn't need a mug, no. And then hours later, Love comes back and opens the door and hands him the stale, the mug with stale urine in it or with the, what's left. It's like, see, I got it for you. I had to lock you in because I knew you would try and stop me. And that she didn't go to the police. Instead, what she did is actually, you know, pretend to be some lesbian lover of Peach and say, oh, it must have been that, that Beck. Beck did it. You guys, you're not, you guys aren't going to make a Beck joke right there? I think we did a lot of them in the yeah, last we, episode. You, <laughs> <laughs> you disappoint that, the me. Episode, the previous episode is really where it's at, if you're looking for Beck jokes. <laughs> so, I and, don't know that any Beck songs. I'm not a loser. <laughs> Peach is like, why don't you kill me? Because I can't scissor you anymore. <laughs> so that song. would be a violation of some sex laws. <laughs> is that a... Is a violation of sex laws a Beck song? Sex laws sex is laws a Beck song. A Beck oh, song, okay. Yes. <laughs> up up all night is that a song? I have no it's a song, idea. Right? Not a clue. I, I, I think that's um. I'm, I'm googling. I'm googling now. Up all night to get lucky. No, that's uh. No, that's bad. a different song. That's a different song. That's Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, that's Daft Punk exactly. So anyway, yeah, up all night. I don't want to stay up all night making Beck jokes. I'm sorry. I had, <laughs> I had to know. I had to know. <laughs> Oh, thank God. Thank like God a, I could sleep like tonight. a devil's haircut. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to owe delay getting to the end of this book if we don't stop now. So this is one of the things that the book does pretty well, which is not just have a twist, but have it go from, oh, everything is so good right now to, oh, my God, everything is terrible. This is the end to, oh, it actually wasn't what I thought. Actually, everything is fine. Everything is great to, oh, no, everything's terrible again swinging back and forth many, many times. I did it very effectively. So 
they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, so Joe and Beck, they're like, okay, we're, we're great now. They go back to California. And, but then within days, they find out that the 40 isn't dead. That he's actually Keith Richards. He's alive. (laughs) (laughs) He's on his ninth supply of blood. No, uh, (laughs) he's still alive. And but says he doesn't know what happened. I mean, obviously, was on a bender, so that's like plausible enough to the family. But then Joe gets a text from Forty that says something like, "Let's talk, bitch." Yeah, we need to talk. I don't know something like that. And so they go to Reno, where he's in the hospital. And here's where I thought I was smart, but apparently I wasn't. So all they say is is that a blonde girl brought him in and then immediately left. And I was like, oh, shit, it's Amy. She's been following Joe this whole time. That must have been it. Oh, wow. And then that's not what happened at all. So I'm like, (laughs) what's the point of that detail being in there? You're supposed to think that. That's totally a a red herring. Yeah, I thought that was a red herring, but I thought if it was a real red herring... Okay. I, but I thought if I thought it was a real if it was a real red herring, it would have been pointed out a little bit more strongly than that. But anyway, mm. apparently it got me. And then so there's sort of a tearful reunion. And then when Joe is alone in the hospital room with Forty, Forty says, "All right, you motherfucker, you're <laughs> going to write all my screenplays from now on because I want my Oscar, and I suck." And you're good at this. So you're just going to write them and you're going to pretend that I did it all. And Joe was like, okay, fine. I'll kill you later. Yeah. But then 10, 10 pages later, 40 dies anyway. He's hit by, he's hit by a car. Because of jaywalking. Yep. He was jaywalking. <laughs> <laughs> he was on his way to get some cheese, some cheese fries. And he got hit by, a, hit by a girl in a car. And she was sad. Who had just moved to L.A., and she's like, oh, I guess I got to move back to Boston. Uh, Ugh, sorry. So Joe writes a beautiful eulogy, and there are all these celebrities there. And he's like, Susan Sarandon gave Why me a hug. Why were all the celebrities there? Because they were friends of the producer dude, the big shot producer, hmm. I guess. Barry Stein or yeah, something Barry. like that. The yeah, guy Barry was like a, a very. Jewy Hollywood producer name, <laughs> like it's not even like it's not even subtle. Like, yeah. it's Barry Stein and Mel Rosenblatt. And like, that, <laughs> like that. yeah, like this feels a little stereotypical. Show business, baby. Man, get me a and cigar. Celebrities, and then give me a tots. <laughs> Joe is gonna like, and then a producer, the, the same like producer that had picked up forties scripts, and it's like, oh, interested in Joe's scripts. Joe was like, oh, we should talk. You should you know carry on his legacy and then joe and love are going to get married or more like they're together and things are pretty good he proposes in the taco bell tacos in the taco bell but then joe goes into the bathroom like you know because he has to use it he goes about it he, he, t- he had taco bell <laughs> he comes out blood. three hours later <laughs> And then when he comes out, every, the entire restaurant is empty. There are no people. I mean, love isn't at her seat anymore. There are no people, other people in the restaurant. He really no, blew it up in there. <laughs> <laughs> All the restaurant workers are gone, too. And it's like, and Joe knows, oh, shit, it's the police. They've come after me. And he was right. He tries to leave, and then he gets 
arrest, immediately arrested and it's arrested for the murder of Beck and it was for two murders. Which Beck ones were they though? Beck and Peach? Yeah. Okay. For Beck and Peach, even though he's murdered a whole bunch of other people that haven't been found yet, but for Beck and Peach, but because he's, you know, his super rich, you know, soon to be in-laws, they get him a super great defense lawyer and he manages to talk, you know, he not give anything away to the detective. You know, everything's all circumstantial, although he does seem to be connected to people who either don't exist because Joe just made them up or people who are dead. Well, they found him by they they were looking for the mystery patient of Dr. Nikki who they couldn't find any records of like and they found Danny out Fox. Oh, who he was and oh he knows all these other people that's a weird coincidence yeah so they managed to have like a little bit of evidence but not very much and then it ends with Joe he's still in jail he's pondering in jail yep and then finally that's the end of the book it's a long fucking book it was exhausting it was entertaining, I read, but also I think exhausting. the whole thing in a day. It goes pretty fast. It was a long day. <laughs> but it is a lot. You know, like the Kindle tells you, like, when you start reading, like, how many hours are left. And I think it was about five and a half or something like that when I started. Well, it's a almost, it's a 450-page book. But since, you know, one of the other things we were, we we're recording sometime around now is Crime and Punishment, which is 600 pages. It is a fast 450-page book. Oh, yes. <laughs> Compared Immeasurably. to some other longer books. Because it's just long streams of just stupid crap. And also just like stuff's always happening. Like there's no, there are very it's few. Just, it's 400 pages of plot. Yeah. It's not 450 pages of like symbolism and uh, allegory references. Yeah. In philosophy oh, yeah. about the nature of morality and God. It's definitely and, none of that. Most of the philosophy of when, when and how often you should get your dick sucked. And where is my jug of piss? Mug of piss. Maybe the jug is for later. So, what do you think about this compared book? Now, did you guys watch season two of the show? No. I, I did watch season two. Um, but before we get to the show, how, did you, how would you compare this book to the first book? Just a lot of the same thing. And I mean a lot of the same thing. But... Like most sequels, it suffers from the problem of it not being new. It's kind of like that's been done already. Like mm. the first seasons of many shows are actually just kind of best because you're kind of discovering everything for the first time. And when it's just a redo of the exact same thing, it's not necessarily bad, but it's just not as good either. I, I did appreciate that, the, the stuff where, you know, brought it in about making fun of rich people just like in the first book, but setting in at LA in LA was a good change of pace, I guess, even though it's still similar in nature, but it is, it is still just a lot of the same thing. It's exactly more of the same thing. Like a lot of the characters you could just find and replace from the first book to the next, you know, there's definitely a lot of similar. I think it's, I think there are certain differences though, that kind of, I don't know if they're important, but in this one, I guess you could say it's, I'm sure there's some sort of messaging there where he kind of fits in with the new money people in LA because everyone there is vapid and dumb. Whereas the old money people will never accept him. So he goes, go West and find more, even though he's still poor, but he like, we works his way into this family by accident and just, they accept him immediately. 
And one other weird thing I noticed, I guess it's not weird, it probably makes sense. All of his references throughout the whole book, they're all movies instead of books. Mm, yeah, like, so it was like just Hannah like in that sisters. movie, E.T. Well, he was also candy. He was also obsessed with the with movies in the first one too. In the first book, there was a particular movie that he was like, "Oh, and then just like in Pitch Perfect." Oh wait, there, there are, it wasn't just Pitch Perfect. No, it was some like oh was Hannah and her sisters. Was that the oh yeah movie from the first one? He's like, oh, and this scene from Hannah and her sisters. When he he just has different movie references in this one. He does. Well, that's interesting. I, I now have to think about it. Is it all movies and versus all books? I mean, he doesn't there really. There's a lot does, more books he, in the first one. Definitely. Yeah, there were. There were a shit ton more books in there actually. In the third book, he'll move into space, and all of his references will be to holographic time <laughs> more morsons. I made up a word. So I think. I mean, I agree with everything you guys said. They, there's just it's the same thing essentially. Uh, the big the big difference is that at the end, it turns out. There's someone crazier than him. That's the big twist. That love is well. <laughs> she's she's crazy and more powerful because she's really rich, so yeah. she could do more damage. Uh, and she's crazy enough. I mean, I, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll argue that she's crazier because she's willing to help him. Well, yeah, it's possible. We haven't, we haven't read the third book yet. She might have done some killing. Because she has like the dead husband and you know all that other. Maybe she's done some stuff that we don't know about yet. So this was something I think. So in the first book, I think the book was better than the show. I think this show was better than the book too, because the second season, the second season was better. Okay. Now, first off, because it cuts out half of the shit. It, it Do they go to Axel Rose's Mexico house? That gets cut. I'm pretty oh, sure that man. wasn't there. I mean, I haven't seen it in a year, but I don't remember anything about Axel Rose's Mexican fucking villa. But it was... <laughs> Under construction Mexican villa. Yeah, that was all... A lot of bullshit was trimmed in. Also, this book felt very like episodic. Like It was like, oh, here's the first part where I have to kill this guy. Then I have to go kill this girl. Then I go kill this guy. Like It was like just... it was As opposed to the show, all of those different plot lines were kind of concurrent hmm. and, and it, it made much more suspenseful and, and made it much more sort of interesting as these different plots into it. Now the show also introduced other stupid shit. So it's not, it's not the best show. I still think season one's probably the, was better, a better show. How did they deal with bringing the girlfriend back at the end of season, first season spoilers for everyone, but I'm she not just, she essentially just replaced Amy, um, in uh, many ways. Okay. Um, but a lot of it was different. Like she wasn't, trying to make it as an actress necessarily like, i don't remember but it was basically that like you know because at the end of the first book he's like oh here's a new girl and at the end of the first show uh, first season his ex-girlfriend shows like i'm here i'm not dead and it's kind of the same that like she's like the thing he has to get rid of or deal with obviously the whole part like where she Sucked his dick a lot and bought all the copies of Portnoy's Complaint. That, like, that's not part of the show. Do they even mention the word Portnoy's Complaint? I don't. I, I mean, <laughs> if I had one complaint about the show, but I don't not think it comes Portnoy? up. Was there like a longing shot of a liver it's, it's in a like, fridge it's like, as like a tribute to it? <laughs> it's like Dream Theater these days. Not enough Portnoy. No? Oh, that's true. Did yeah. he leave? I think he left. Oh. Mike Portnoy, the drummer of Dream Theater? Oh, yeah. He was a drummer. Yeah, he left. He left. There you go. I'd complain about that. I'd complain about listening to fucking Dream Theater. But, I was going to say the um, exact same thing. 
be my dream not to listen to them. I don't think I ever have listened to Dream Theater, actually. Don't start now. Don't. You, you, you've made it this far in your long, long life, Nate. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it may kill you of boredom. It would. You don't have much time left. Don't spend it on a 700-minute song about God knows what the fuck and it has 80, 87 different time signatures in it. One anyway, of which is 87. Yeah, 87, 87, <laughs> four. Uh, I think that wasn't necessary. Anyway, so they change a lot of the shit and they make it, you know, it pastes better. Like, it, and maybe it makes better television, but I think it also make a better book, frankly. Um, like Hender, like the Henderson thing. Let me, let me backtrack. Like Delilah has a younger sister who is like a cool kid who's like a teen, like a, like a tween, hmm. way too young. And he's not, there's no like sexual thing there between Joe and her. But just like in the first season of the show, they introduced a kid for Joe to kind of look out for, right? There was to like the other some kid. Some sort of empathy. Yeah. Like there was another kid in the building that he helped and he ended up killing the abusive like stepdad or something at the end of the first season. Yeah. In the second season, they introduce the same exact kind of thing. There's a uh, Delilah has a, a kid sister who is this, you know precocious, snappy little girl who's into like loves film and is always mentioning different movies. And Joe is like trying to look out for her. And the Henderson guy, uh, which <laughs> uh, unfortunate casting, is pay- played by Chris D'Elia. And oh he, God! Yeah. Okay. And, and he, who is that? He's a comedian. I actually don't really. I never really thought he was that funny, honestly. Oh, he's uh, not. Uh, but he's uh, a guy who got you know uh, me tooed uh, uh, earlier this year, but by uh, kids. Yeah, young women, and then he owned up to it. I think um, he was internet chatting with a lot of not of age girls. Yeah, and he was like, he was like Nate's age. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was like in his forties. Um, but he he plays the Henderson guy, and he's acting all cool, and like you're supposed to think like Joe's on to him, and Joe's just being irrational. But it turns out no, like he was trying to drug and rape that like fourteen year old girl, and then Joe saves her and murders him. Then so it's like much more built up. So that's the thing I I didn't like about the first season where they made the people he kills like worse than they actually were like they had to make them evil like yeah. a child rapist so that he when you kill him you're like yeah fuck that guy like henderson in the book he sucked but like he didn't deserve to die totally by accident like he wasn't even actually going out with him he's like oh you weren't oh my bad but i gotta kill you now because you'll tell everybody i guess like the show makes they try to make joe like almost like an uh not the like avenging an angel yeah, like he kills people, but only, I mean, he, he still kills like people that are good, but he kills a lot of bad people along the way, like half Dexter, half like Creeper. Yeah, they, they definitely changed this, the whole tone of it and the whole vibe of him. Was season two uh, the same weird tone where it was like a lifetime thing, like with the weird editing and like jokiness? Because by the I think season two went straight to Netflix, I thought. Yeah, I think Lifetime declined to pick it up for a second season, but I... I I didn't, I mean, I didn't watch them back to back. It's like a year in between them, so I couldn't comment too clearly, but it felt like the same show. It just felt sunnier, you know, and with different characters. But I, but I did know from like, I called it in the show, and since I watched the show first, reading the book, I was like, it kind of didn't matter. I was like, I bet the twist is that love is crazier than him. 
I bet that's the twist. Like, it, otherwise, it can't be the exact same show. That'd be really stupid. If yeah. they did the, so, like, there has to be something different. And mm-hmm. I bet Joe the twist kills is a girlfriend on every coast. Yeah. You know, in the book, I felt like the hints there weren't too many of them that love was a lunatic. Um, but in the show, it it's a little more and rich girl. Yeah, you could you could you could just write it off exactly like that. But in the show, they did a better job of of building it up that she was she was crazy and you know like possessive and territorial and and uh, irrational. Well, it could also be that Joe in the book you get Joe's perspective, which is wildly warped, whereas the show you see things more objectively. That's true. That's true. But you know, in in um, also. In the book, he's just he's just a sex addict. <laughs> like <he's> just, <laughs> it's really all it is. He like kind he, of is. He just wants to fuck and get his dick sucked, which, good for you, dude. But, like, that's not, like, crazy stalker behavior. That's just being horny. He throws that on top, though. Well, yeah. Sometimes he throws it on top. Sometimes he throws it reverse cowgirl. Sometimes um, he poops. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gives it a brown derby. <laughs> So I th- I think I think the second season was better just because this book was just overfilled with shit like Delano's toilet. <laughs> it was just overflowing, and the show trimmed a lot of it. It it didn't trim enough probably, or it added others. Do, but it just made it. It just it made the, it made the pacing better. It made the story of it better. Whereas this was just. Kind of, this felt like American Psycho. It just really felt just like hammered details into you for 400 pages. And then it was over. So it was a far shittier book for me than the first book. And how, how do you guys feel about quality? I thought it was about the same as the first book. I went through a back and forth between being like, ugh, this more of this book. And then, some, and then a lot of times actually pretty into it. So, it, I mean... I was entertained. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it probably, it wasn't as good as the first one, but it was still, I enjoyed it. I think it was still very good. I mean, you know, with like thrillers, very good is always different from like, not to say real books, but like, you know, headier things. It was very good. It was better than average for the genre, certainly. She's very good at writing a sex-addicted psycho man. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just yeah, saying the no, first I, one I, I understand. I understand the criticism. I, I agree that it was overly long, and uh, it suffered from, I guess, you know, like, the first one, it could have ended there, and you'd be like, oh, that's a good book. But there's a second one. There's a second one, you know, there has to be a third one. So there's no real ending to this one. It's like the two towers. Like, well, that's not it. It's like, you know what it is like? It's like, um, we never read the other two, but uh, what the fuck? The, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh god. There was that one book, there was one book, the first one, and it was like that's kind of a standalone, but there's going to be more. And then the second book is not it doesn't end. There's a third book that's like the second half of that story. They're not as they're not very good. But it's Didn't like that one guy book have like, like another couple on his computer though? Like wasn't he continuing to work on he had oh, more? I have no idea. Uh I so have... that guy died the week he turned in like the first draft. But it was the first draft of like all three books. Of like mm. the manuscript of all three yeah, books. They needed to be then, trimmed, those shitty books. And then died. Uh, and then other people have basically written in the same, uh, under either under his pen name, but I, not his name, but just sort of like 
I'm writing more dragon tattoo books. Expanded universe. Yeah. It's like the girl who kicked the hornet's nest was the fourth book, I think, right? That was like... No, that was the, that was that the was second. The second that was the second book. I thought a fourth one came out. Oh, more books have come out. Oh, yeah. For yeah. Sure. But it wasn't the girl kicked the hornet's no, nest. No, I got, I got the, the girl, names wrong. Girl kicked the hornet's nest was number two, and girl who played with fire was number three, I think. Yeah. I Those were the original the ones. I thought that was by. the Hunger Games. <laughs> yes. Very close, yeah. <laughs> so if you liked the first book, you'll like the second book, I guess is what we're saying about this. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll be entertained by the second book. That's good. And our, But are we really going to do the third book? We need to. We need to. You can't just do two. This, this one didn't end. It's true. Even though a fella could never this win. This isn't end. Seinfeld. You can't just end them on jail for no fucking reason. That was a great way to end that show. Yeah, because it was finally over. No, that show was great. That show was trash. You're just anti- <laughs> you're just you just are an anti semite. <laughs> yeah, we got to do the last book at this point because that's that's our whole gimmick this week, and it's coming out tomorrow. Oh, so I better start reading. <laughs> just you know, just start reading it. Keep a mug ready in case you have to piss, and you'll knock it out in no time. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. And if you've listened this long, why not leave us a review wherever you're listening? Just round up to five stars. We'd, that'd be better than zero stars. And you can give us money on Patreon so we can go to L.A. and sit on the beach and drink. And you can join us on Goodreads and we'll talk to you from L.A. where we are rich from your Patreon money. <laughs> so rich. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening.